Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. We're suffering technical difficulties this morning, so we've had to move no, our, not a traditional studio. Move our studio over slightly from our bed to my desk. Just really demoralizing. I know you cleaned your desk a while ago, but this is super super clean. We... It's okay. It's starting to like become no. itself again. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's like the Terry Pratchett option of stuff is imbued with an animus and it, stuff has spirit. It's a spiritual. Terry Pratchett says it. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Like the post office is alive, basically. I Your desk you were... is like alive. <laughs> and it gathers things to itself. I thought you were talking about um, who's the guy who does the Christian funny things, the, the, the comic writer makes fun of Christians. He's Adrian a Christian. Plass. Adrian Plass, right, right. And I say, what? Adrian. No, Adrian. no. Terry Pratchett and Adrian Plass are very much not the same people. Yes. <laughs> Both wonderful in their own ways. So as usual, we don't have a particular uh, subject on view. We have subjects. We, we do. We just had breaking news, though. I don't even know what to start with. As usual. I mean, we should start with with the Anglican communion stuff, and then because that's like just fresh. Um, and and as everyone knows, for the latest breaking news in the world, you have to wait every. Monday. Every Monday for late, 10 o'clock. Late, late breaking news. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, yeah, world-class commentary. Um, so, yeah, the Anglican, because last time, last show, right before, right it was ending, we, I read an article reporting that the Archbishop of Canterbury had stepped down from, or, or had indicated he would step down from being the first among equals in the Anglican communion, the way the Anglican communion is, is set up is that, uh, is that you have, uh, it's all the, the, the church of England is the hub and the Archbishop of Canterbury in particular is the, is the, is the hub. He convenes the Lambeth gathering every 10 years of Anglican bishops. He is the one who convenes the primates meeting. And so he, uh, and he himself is one, there's four instruments of communion in the Anglican communion. He's one of them. The primates meeting is another one, and the uh, the Lambeth meeting is a third, and so him stepping away from being the center, him saying I'm no longer an instrument, or agreeing that maybe he'd be no longer an instrument of communion, of communion is huge because then you've lost three of them basically, <clears throat> and then uh, the only one that remains is the Anglican Consultative Council. Um, but today, like, which has been traditionally formed by the English church, so right. and full of people who were very liberal and right. Yeah. Uh, so today, the so global south well, climate. Just ask a question. Yes, yes. You. Like, yeah. if you don't have the four instruments of communion, or you have three and a half, how do you have communion? Uh, good question. Okay. <laughs> so, so and that's that brings us to like today because that I'm not sure how serious the Archbishop of Canterbury was about this, but. But today, the Global South. They primates, took him up on his word. They took him up right. The, mm -hmm. the now the Global South primates is a is a larger group than the Gafcon primates. The Gafcon primates are, are a smaller number of primates. And if you don't know, what a primate is it's not a monkey. It's a it's a well, primates a monkey. The primate is a 
is a leader of a province. A very, very special bishop. Right, an archbishop usually, or a bishop, but who's the, who's the leader of a of an Anglican province. So Nigeria is a is an Anglican province, and has a, it has a primate who's the archbishop of Nigeria. Um, we have uh, the ACNA is a, is a province. We're not in the communion right now. Well, we weren't because of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Well, now we are. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we haven't been in the communion because of the Archbishop of Canterbury not recognizing us, and we didn't want to be recognized by him because we knew the direction he was heading. But, um, but, well, but we're a province with an archbishop who's our primate, right? So, so whatever our status in the communion, we we would call our our archbishop our primate. Um, so anyway, the uh, the uh, the primates of the global South churches again a much broader group than Gafcon, and you know Gafcon itself outnumbers all together outnumbers other Anglican provinces as far as just sheer weight of people who attend Anglican churches in those provinces. And the global South Anglican primates just dwarf uh, all the Western all the Western provinces that have gone forward and said, "Hey, we're we're good with homosexual marriages or uh, civil unions or priests and bishops." Those are just dwarfed by by the numbers by millions of the, <laughs> the of the global South primates. So they released a statement today saying, "Yes, we 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 recognize that." That the Archbishop of Canterbury has indeed forfeited his office. He's no longer fit to serve because he's departed the faith. They're, they're, they're not saying that he we just disagree about this thing, so we've got to find another arrangement. They're saying he's forfeited the faith, that that he cannot serve as as the instrument of communion himself, and he can't convene the, the primates meeting, and he can't uh, he can't call the Lambeth meeting. They're, so they're refusing to recognize his authority anymore. And they're calling for a reset in the communion. And that, that, like I said, that would leave one instrument of communion. But that instrument of communion met last week, the Anglican Consultative Council, and said, we, you know, the, the typical Anglican stuff, you know, we can walk together through the, through the disagreements and the storms of controversy. And it's, it's important we do. We're all, we'll walk together. And well, the, the primates today said, no, we can't. We refuse. We, I'll, I'll read it. It's a really great language. Um, Given this action by the Church of England's General Synod, we believe it is no longer possible to continue in the way the communion is. We do not accept the view that we can still walk together with the revisionist provinces as prescribed by the Anglican Communion Office and in the exploratory way proposed by the Inter-Anglican Standing Commission on Unity and Faith at the recent Anglican Consultative Council meeting. So they're saying, no, we can't. This is, this is you've, you've so far betrayed Jesus and in the gospel that we can't be together. I'm just, just I, I knew you go on and read this statement, but I'm astonished. I've never heard an Anglican talk like this. I've heard Global South Anglicans talk like this, but but not but yeah. not with like not with un, unity. Right, right. And not with power either. Because yeah. the GAFCON hasn't really had enough power right. to well, and the the problem, you know, and, and, and we'll see how this plays out. But the problem with most, even even the global South, is primates don't last forever; they change, and um, and there there are inner there are wheels within wheels. Yes, wheels within wheels within each of these provinces. So sometimes you get you're never going to get well. I don't say never, but you're rare, you're rarely going to find a global South primate who is pro homosexual relationships. But you will find some who are oh well, you know. It's really important to be united with Canterbury. So when, when one of those ascends to the primatial throne, then then the 
the global South can change, you know? So, so right now though, they're, they're very unified. We'll have to see what happens, uh, but the potential, and I, I've learned over the course of 17 years of covering Anglicans, worldwide Anglican Don't, news. They will always snatch victory out feet, of the right. jaws. Of They'll always snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. So that's where we, I've learned not to get my hopes up, but there are, uh, this is, this seems to me to be the first time since maybe 2005, 2006, 2007, where the possibility that the Anglican communion might actually affect some kind of discipline on errant provinces is, is, is coming to the fore. Because if indeed the Archbishop of Canterbury backs down, and if indeed the Anglican communion is reset, and so maybe all the primates get together and elect the next primate, um, and the and he becomes the instrument of communion, and the, 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 he calls the primates meetings, and he he calls Lambeth, then you can have provinces cast out of the other communion who need to be cast out. And the possibility in, so, in such an arrangement, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't necessarily be averse to being included unless um, on the condition that the Episcopal Church is excluded and the Church of Canada is excluded. Not that I'm calling the shots. I'm, did they call me and ask whether they we did? They, they called you this morning, the promise, <laughs> right, right, the right. Global South yeah. called for our opinion. For the Archbishop of Canterbury, though, to be dis- to be the first person to be disciplined in this whole thing, because Tech was not disciplined. Right. Tech right. was never disciplined. That's been the whole problem. So if they, if they, like, what would be the motivation? Why are they just tired? Are they just well? Like, but up until this thing? point, they've been able to say, "Oh well, the hot, the center of the of the wheel, the Archbishop of Canterbury, the wheels. hasn't yeah. yet, hasn't yet apostatized." I mean, I think he has with the women bishops and things, but he hadn't yet apostatized. Um, they said, they decided. They decided. <laughs> and so uh, the Global South, many of the Global South primates were still willing to recognize his authority. Um, GAFCON, the, the more conservative grouping of, of primates, has said that they won't, um, that many of most of them have said they won't gather any more of these meetings, but the Global South primates hadn't. They were going. They were going, right. So. But, you know, every time they went, they were manipulated. Yeah, every single time. Every single time. The British the British have have centuries of knowing how to manipulate their colonies. That's what they, and it's, it's, they, they, there's, there's, you really, and I'm including us in that, right? We're no, we're no match for their diplomatic uh, deceit. They know how to do that. They know how to, they know how to deceive the colonials and... And that's what they've been doing for the last 23 years. And it, it maybe, maybe now, finally, uh, we've all gotten sick of it. I don't know. I'm just... We've thrown, we've thrown our tea into the water. we thrown I their tea into really the water. And we're, we're about to burn down the Boston Harbor. Or I never, <laughs> never, ever thought this would... This is like the end of row. I never thought this would happen in my lifetime. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know if it's... Again, I, I hate to be... Row is kind of a definitive thing, or the overthrowing of row is a definitive thing. With the with an actual decision by a court, this is the this these are the global south has made its decision. But I guess a lot what hinges what what will happen in the communion will de, will depend on whether the archbishop is serious about stepping away from his role as an instrument, or if he's going to fight. If he's going to fight for it, if he's not serious and he stays there, then you have then we're just going to probably have a split. Of some, you know, provinces just then it will be more like what we expect normally right. that. 
I, I expect that more Global South primates will decide not to attend the primates meetings in Lambeth, and there'll be just kind of a, a de facto two communions rather than one. Um, but so, what does this mean for Gafcon, to which we well, are going to go? Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. I just wanted, I didn't want to go to Gafcon, but now, um, I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm okay not going because I have so much stuff to do. But now I'm really excited to go no i'm i'm super excited to go i uh, think it's gonna be the exciting. and we i want to really thank the generous 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 person uh, who has given us the means to go that <laughs> it was, was really I mean, amazing really great gracious and wonderful and we are beside ourselves with surprise surprise and gratitude to that person and to god it's really great um <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna be able to go um so the the g the, the primates do mention do mention GAFCON in their in their statement. Um, let me find it here. Yep, with the Church of England and the Archbishop of, Can Archbishop of Canterbury forfeiting their leadership role of the Global Communion, the Global South primates will expeditiously meet, consult, and work with other Orthodox primates in the Anglican Communion across the nations to reset the Communion on its biblical foundation. We look forward to collaborating with the primates and bishops in the GAFCON movement and other Orthodox Anglican groupings to work out the shape and nature of our common life together and how we are to keep the priority of proclaiming and witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world foremost in our life as God's people. Together with other Orthodox primates, we will seek to address the leadership crisis that has been arisen because for us, and perhaps by his own reported self-exclusion, the present Archbishop of Canterbury is no longer the leader of the communion and no longer the chair of the primates meeting by virtue of his position. It's amazing. Yeah, so it reads like a ruling, doesn't it? It reads like a, yeah. a court. Like, this like is a, a court opinion. The Lord it? has spoken. Yeah, so it seems pretty definitive. Um, I don't say they walk back from that, but maybe, I mean, but again. Well, I suppose then do all provinces within the communion have to say, are we, are we going to be, are we going to do? Yeah, they've all going to make a choice. I mean, they've all got to make a choice. I mean, are they going to go with? Uh, like I'm, I'm sure the the Episcopal Church will not want to recognize any a, a reset, right? Because because right. they'll know if it's reset that they're out. So they're going to continue to acknowledge and refer to the Archbishop of Canterbury as the as the as this, the, the center of the communion. But if he if he decides he doesn't want to do that anymore, and I, I imagine there's pressure on him. And I, um, this is total speculation, and it may be totally wrong. My guess is there's pressure on him from the king to do this. Yeah. Oh. Because I, one thing that's interesting, and I think that the Queen Elizabeth maybe passed on to her son is they they do want to still be involved in Anglican communion stuff, right? They, this is a vestige of their empire, and uh, they'd rather not see um, it break up. Right. And I think maybe the only way for it not to break up at this point is for the Archbishop of Canterbury to step down, but still be included in the um, the Orthodox Anglicans in the, the Church of England be included in this new whatever it is. But, Orthodox Anglicans in yeah, England being yeah. included and non-Orthodox. Yeah. So the Church of England has to split then. Yeah. And then the, the apostate side can receive government yeah. funds 
and the Orthodox side can go to the meetings. Yeah. And then everybody's yeah. happy. I mean, that's this is. I mean, this is. I, I'm, it's probably not ever going to happen this way. It may not be the king. I'm just maybe I'm, I'm fantasizing about a, a, a Christian king doing Christian things. Yeah, but, I just thought yeah. he was like the defender of the faith. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, no, but he said he he, he backed away from that. He backed right? away yeah, from yeah. it. Um, All I know is that he reads Wendell Berry. Yeah. So. Which, like most of our congregation, reads Wendell Berry. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating, but a ton of every People. few minutes somebody comes to me and says, have you read Wendell Berry? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And the sheer not volume of people who want me to read Wendell Berry means that I'm never, <laughs> no, I will. I will read. I mean, if the King of England is going to read Wendell Berry, I guess I'll read Wendell Berry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, then we, we can't, it doesn't do much to speculate other than. Well, I mean, that, that undermines the whole point of this august podcast the whole point of this is that we would definitely speculate about what's going to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> we, um it does but i mean i, I guess the it uh, the, the big question again again is whether we're going to see an outright split um or whether with new leadership in the anglican communion there's discipline i guess the worst possible scenario would be uh the Archbishop of Canterbury stays on, and the Global South backs down. Uh, the the medium worst would be the Global the, the Archbishop of Canterbury stepping down, and the Global South, whoever, whoever is elected as primate next, refusing to act, like saying, "Okay, well, we can all be, we 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 don't recognize that's what I we don't recognize we're not in communion with the Church of England, but we recognize them as part of our institute." instrument or are part, yeah, of our, just, part of our body shared uh, history yeah together. yeah i don't know that, that there's some kind of some kind of measly fudging of the which is with Ang anglicans are just so good at, at fudge figuring out how to how to muddle something um, one of the things that has really i think many people in the west are discovering that i we learned early on in the anglican wars of fudge is that people who have power refusing to exercise the power that they have because they want to do something like walk together <laughs> are are the in some they are the worst yeah yeah <laughs> like if you have institutional power and you decide not to exercise it for whatever reason even if you believe you know you believe you think you want you 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 believe there's thought there's points on both sides um yeah then you destroy the institution that you love as much as the person who's trying to attack the institution you participate in its destruction and people are discovering that in right. all over the world right that the exercise of power which wokeism tells you is wicked what you're doing is giving woke people power when you refuse to say to no. them, I have power and I'm, I'm saying no to you and I'm yeah. going to use it. Right. What you're doing is giving them power because right? they're not going to stop. And they yeah. don't, they, they believe in power. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah they, they, they don't the believe in you South, having power, but they believe in power. <laughs> the global South has like had power that it could have exercised. Right. And was, sort of brought along not to exercise that power by a church that said they didn't believe in power, but did right. the church of England 
always believed in power. Yeah, don't ever believe revolutionaries when they say don't believe in power. Right? They, they, when they yeah. get mad at white, you know, whiteness or whatever, the the, the power binary. They, that's they, they, they they're they're exercising power just in that differentiation, and it's that's a that's a tool by which to disempower those they don't like. That's the whole point. That's a whole point of it. So um, I just think people in other denominations uh, should. Um, take note like you don't have to have your whole denomination be destroyed you can discipline you can you can tell people like revoice no you you are not allowed to do that or you can't um you can't be a minister or we're not we're not going in that direction you can exercise the power that you don't have to have endless listening campaigns where (laughs) Everybody listens and listens and listens. Yeah. That's where we've been like for the last 17 years. Is, yeah. is, 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 and before that, though, before because that, yeah. Lambeth 98 was an act of saying no by the communion right. to some churches. And then and then along, well, did you really say no? Is this, does this really does this really mean anything? Right. Um, it's slow. It's been a it's, it's a it's a good case study in revolutionary politics right so that the institution says no we're going to remain we're going to remain faithful orthodox and the leftists take that as a a sign to be parasitic and, yeah. and destroy community destroy destroy provinces with it from within um and you know the 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 greatest point of hope i had and i remember being, i remember the, i remember this so clearly was back in 2007 with the primates meeting at dar es salaam in tanzania and the primates which with the Archbishop of Canterbury there, this was with this is with with Archbishop Williams. Um, he agreed to it, but they came out with a communique which indicated there was going to be real structural discipline for all provinces that took on um, the new teaching with regard to sexuality. That they would be they would be put on, they would be suspended, they would be censured. It was a, it was a great statement, and we came out of that meeting just with hope, super hopeful. We weren't there, but we were following it all. Someone was live streaming it. We were live, live not live streaming, live blogging it no or something. Yeah, yeah, some, no something was going on. And we were able to follow no... what was happening, and we got the statement pretty soon, and we were super happy. But you know what happens is they all leave the meeting, and the Archbishop of Canterbury goes back and decides to not enforce anything he decided to do. Right? He, yeah. he, he, he decides to keep inviting uh, the Episcopal Church and the Church of Canada to the meetings. He just he refused. He, he, it's like when he was there, surrounded by the global South, he was compliant. But as soon as he got away, he did what he wanted. Um, so, I feel like that's such a basic human thing that yeah. again, people have to take into account. You have to. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he's human, I, right? He's, he's but, but I mean, he he did a, he he when that happened. I think that's really when the communion died in a, in a sense. And maybe, maybe now it's being resuscitated, but it died at that point. Um, it's coming to life again. Yeah, maybe yeah, I mean, in, in a new way. I mean, it's a, the same, but different. It's kind of like Jesus's body. Yeah. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wanted to say too, I mean, I feel like we should have other news, but yeah. that, um, Oh no, it went right out of my head. The, um, nope, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. 
I really wanted to say something. It's totally gone. It's totally gone. That was really horrible. But the, the, so the Global South primates have been. Oh, I remember. All the way along, the thing that has made me very sad, first of all, the question of homosexuality in the church is one of essential faith. If you tell people that uh, sin is not sin, you are condemning them to hell. Right. You have got to tell the truth according to the scriptures. And so homosexuality is an essential issue. You cannot practice the wicked works of scripture and then and uh, close the door for people to repent from their sins. Yeah. You cannot do that. So if you're going to futz around with people who are trying to make you do that, you're really playing with terrible, terrible fire. And the Anglican Communion is a really good picture of people playing with fire for 20 years. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, in our times of discusses, discussions of race, uh, the way that the Western churches treated the global South was so racist oh, man. Was... and unbelievably and continually racist for many, many, many years. And I forgot which bishop said it, but it was made big news. He came back, he came back from 98 and he said, well, uh, the, the reason that the global South bishops wanted to pass this hateful resolution was because the, the Orthodox, uh, Orthodox people there were giving them free chicken dinners. Right. So the, the, so these, these primitive Africans don't know anything, you know, they're really, you know, uh, benighted and blind down in the dark continent. And, and the, and then the white people give them free chicken dinners and they bought their votes. That's, that's what they said. And it was, you're right. It was, it was the most, and nobody, nobody, nobody except for us pounded them on it because, because they were liberals. Like they said, yeah, right, I mean, they, it's okay to be racist yeah, in yeah. one direction, but yeah, I just kind of like the, say it's that it was actually yeah, racist. It's kind of like the, the world health organization going down to Africa and forcing African women to have, you know, you know prophylactics and, uh, birth control and telling them that they're stupid if they don't. And that's, that's colonialization. It's just a different, yeah, yeah. It's just, and you should stop doing it. Right. All that multiculturalism stuff you heard about, it's not, it doesn't, it's, 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 it only matters when it's being used against conservatives. So, so, um, uh, so what so, else are we talking about? Okay. I don't know. I just am discombobulated by being in the wrong place. And you keep going away from the page where we can see what we're doing. So I like, it's just really, I'm so, it's been really terrible today. I've had to get out of my regular space and move to a different space. Your computer isn't even updated yet, is it? Uh, no, it looks like, it looks like it might've, but it's going to start again. So I, we should talk about as, yeah, as we, well, I don't know what to say about it, except that it's very curious. Prisoners have asked me about it, so we should say something definitive. We, really? should, we should issue our own No. communique. That's <laughs> just... Should we bring the revival to Good Shepherd? I do think we should bring the revival to Good Shepherd. I was trying to say... We like, have it every Sunday. We have a revival every Sunday. No, I was going to say we actually, uh, every year, we have a revival in uh, Holy Week. That's right. 
<laughs> and we we organize it very carefully so that it happens the same way every time. <laughs> so okay, and so there's no emotionalism. We make sure everybody keeps a serious lid on it. <laughs> Don't you dare <laughs> okay. express any emotion here. An unwritten rubric in our worship is that your hands must not raise above your way your uh, your shoulders <laughs> or ever. <laughs> So, just kidding. If you want to raise you your hands, you can do whatever you want um, in our church, but just, within reason. Within, <laughs> <laughs> it is so I would. Cultural, I know. I look. I look at. I look at. I look at the thing. It's a cultural manifestation of something that yeah. I. I have ex been in the space with other people okay. who have this going on, and I cannot go there as a Christian. Right. And I want right. people to value my Christianity. Can we say first of all that I'm? I'm we're making no judgments about what's going on down there. I don't know. And I'm not, and it looks, it, and people are, I think, confessing their sins and they're, they're, some of them are, I believe, being uh, saved. And so we can't, that's, a, that's always a good thing. And however, however that God does that, it's great. Sometimes, you know, it, it, the thing I wouldn't want to necessarily lead to the conclusion of is, okay, because people are being saved there, that means it must be a revival because uh, we have a parishioner who was saved out of the in the <laughs> by reading the Book of Mormon, right? So we wouldn't want to say the Book of Mormon is, is a is a the, good way to get a saved. seedbed of revival, right? So, so God can save people in any way, in any shape He wants to, um, using any tool He wants to. And He the normative one is the Word, the, the Scriptures, right? So this is that's one maybe worrisome aspect of the revival down there is that the, there's some reports there's like it has no word, no word component. Um, it's just all music and people sharing their testimonies but no no biblical stuff we're not, I'm not sure how true that is i don't know um but but so just because we were being saved we can't say it's necessarily a, a, a genuine thing um but again we can't i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say it's not either i don't i don't i don't know i don't know what i do know what i was what i was um what i cautioned against and chris roseborough mentions this in his in his podcast he, he, he used to live in Southern California and he talks about watching surfers and surfers are always looking at the weather report to see when the next big swell of waves is coming in. And when they, when that, when that's happening, man, they're out there on the beach ready for it and they're going to catch it and ride it. Um, until the next big swell comes in. And if I, if you're a surfer and I just said a bunch of gobbledygook, forgive me, but, <laughs> but, but he's, he likened that to, um, he likened that to how some people like, go from high to high like they're just they need they need the exhilaration the emotional exhilaration of a of a of a high of a spiritual high and so they they say they they just and without that they don't feel like the holy spirit's there if they don't have a they don't have a, a feeling of of ecstasy then god the holy spirit has not shown up and there's no real legitimate move of the spirit going on so I would caution against that, right? So, so, so that's why you might think, oh, well, why doesn't this happen every Sunday at church? Well, because it, it doesn't need to. We have we we have the assurance of God's promise that, that Christ's promise that He's He is there in person when the when the church gathers. That He has promised to feed you if you're a Christian with His Word every Sunday. Uh, he's doing something. He's He's reviving you in some way. Um, and when you come forward at, uh, to the table and you take his uh, the, the bread and the wine, you, you you partake of his body and blood. There's you can't. I mean, that's that's far more significant than any emotional experience you might have, spiritually speaking. You that's that's your bread and butter. That's your that's your 
Your bread and butter. Well, okay. That's your bread and butter. That's your bread and wine, I guess. I wish we could have butter with our bread. I wish you could give us, like, butter. We need to, okay, side tangent. I do wish we could have actual bread at the community rather than cardboard wafers, but. Um, but, it's supposed to resemble manna in the wilderness, which people are like, what but is But manna it? tasted like honey. <laughs> this doesn't taste, this tastes like cardboard. they got bored of it really right. soon. Which I, know, I know, and I know the purpose of it is that we're not supposed to dwell on the physical aspect of the bread, but. Um, well, anyway. it's not that you can't, but. Anyway, it should be, it should be taste like something. But anyway, okay, and side issue, gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put butter on it, it would taste delicious. I, I put this on Twitter, and I'm going to quote myself because. <laughs> <laughs> You're like literally going to quote your own I'm tweet. I'm going to quote my own tweet. That's terrible. Because I think it's, I think, I think I made a, a, a good point. <laughs> oh my word. And so Matt Kennedy says. <laughs> this is, this is a new low. Uh, he says, if you attend a church wherein the gospel is faithfully preached and the sacraments are rightly administered, there is no need to travel to Asbury or anywhere else to know the saving presence and power of Christ. Just go to church, confess your sins, receive his forgiveness. And you can know in an objective way when you do that, that you are getting what you need to get. Okay, so I I, I never, ever have been able to put myself into the emotional space that people wish that I would be in. <laughs> Even like when we're not in church, just I always have the opposite response that I should in any, situ- any given situation. Uh, but the... Yeah, so I feel for people who, I feel for the outsider in a situation like that. Right. who's like on the margins of emotionalism and can't get there and probably maybe feels insecure and sad or like everybody else is having something they can't have. That's one thing. The other thing is my thinking about the church has been really, has really shifted from reading uh, Hans Borsma's book heavenly participation and the 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 thing that he said about the three different kinds of christ's body there's his actual body where he was on earth there's communion and there's the church and those three are supposed to be you know really tightly wound and i feel like which remember anytime you say, I feel like you can also say, I decided, I decided. No, it seems to me that Western Christianity or at least American Christianity has um, a pretty good idea of Jesus historical physical body that rose from the dead is pretty confused on the second one about communion. Right. And then is in chaos on the third. What is the church? What is Christ's church, ecclesial body? And the third part, the, the looking, the need for a revival arises necessarily when Christ is not present in his. Or you don't think he's present. Yeah. Or you just don't have, Good. Are you talking about a real revival? Are you talking like a real? You mean a revival, real revival, or are you talking no? About like... I'm. I think I'm talking about all the revivals of the last hundred years, where people are okay They're looking, looking for, for revival because the local church is not really a sufficient uh, uh, presentation of Christ's ecclesial body. Like 
or it's so anemic or maybe it's not even a real like maybe right. there's a lot of churches that are not even churches where the marks of the church are not present like there's no discipline there's no communion there's no scripture preached like there's probably a lot of churches that wouldn't actually count as church if you yeah had applied this other right. Um, the marks of the traditional marks of the, the church traditional too. marks of the, but also if you thought about christ's ecclesial body as the presence of christ on like that would shift right your, you wouldn't necessarily you, would you, wouldn't, away, you wouldn't necessarily looking for like an emotional experience but someplace. also you would get away from the individual because emotionalism is is the basis of this individualism you each right. person has to experience a certain kind of thing right uh, it's not a, a mystery of God joining people together into something where they are be so bound yeah. that they cannot get away from each other. That like it's a totally different way of thinking about yeah. what churches are, and yeah, I feel like my sh thinking has shifted, and that has been what I've been thinking about all week. Because all those people who are going there, they're all going to scatter again, right? Back to where? Well, that's the thing. I mean, and they're, they're, it, it, my worry is that they're going to go back and be dissatisfied with their with their churches because their churches aren't doing that. Right? Well, but maybe their churches are bad because, like, they had to, they went there for some reason. Well, but maybe like, their churches are good, and they've been offering word and sacrament, and and they're but they haven't met the the experiential bar that some of these people would be looking for. And, that, and that's where I think it's it's detrimental to the body of Christ, because it does feed this idea that you need to have that. That, 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 that it's not it's not a real moment of of. I just think it's like a circle that goes around and around because the reason that you end up you you're not fed by the scriptures, like if the preaching is really bad and you are not tethered to the scriptures and you're sitting in there in your pew and you go away hungry after every church service, you're going to look for something because you need, you actually have a need for Christ. And so then you'll go and find it, you know, in another Bible study or another experience, another conference, another, you'll drive thousands of miles. Like people who are driving for something like this have a real need. And yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that the, the I see why I see, and I agree with you. But I'm just saying that um, that coming out of it, that need isn't going to be gone. Right, right, right. right. It it's hasn't gonna, really be, it's been actually, met. it can be accentuated. It's going to be, it's going to be more intense. More intense. Yeah. And and again, those who have good churches who've gone to this thing may cease to recognize what they have as as, yeah. as good and be dissatisfied. So this is this kind of happened like in a in a, in a, in a minor way. Well, I wouldn't even say a minor way in the Episcopal Church back before the split uh, with Crescio, which which wasn't a bad necessarily a bad program, but people come out of that uh, having experienced this really spiritually spiritual high, right? And they wanted they and and they they couldn't find the same thing in their in the at the, at the church service on Sunday morning, so it became kind of this with the church within a church so yeah and you went people you had would your, go to Crisio groups that were different from yeah all the other groups and sometimes they stopped going to the regular churches but kept going to the Crisio groups and the yeah. Crisio meetings and, i mean that happened a good amount of time yeah and you could yeah. there were visual markers of people who had gone to Crisio, like they developed a culture within a culture right 
And okay, simultaneously, the reason that Christio came up is because the Episcopal Church was slowly being gutted. Like there yeah. was no preaching. You right. you had all the liturgy and the sacrament, but you had no discipline and no preaching. Right. And so people were beginning to starve. And so something came yeah. in and then it created this like whirlpool of, of badness that, I mean, and again, I, I had to, I had to go to this sort of spinoff called search for youth. And I had the absolutely opposite feelings that I was supposed to have. Mm -hmm. It was one of the worst weekends of my life. What was it called? It was called Search. I had to go to Happening. Yeah, Happening. And Same thing? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was horrible. Just it was so awful. <laughs> you had to give over your watch. Before and they make you stay like really late. And... and I was just, I was so miserable. Yeah, I had to give my, there's no cell phone. I'm sure you had to go, you'd have to give your cell yeah, phone. I don't know, but, but I had to give my watch. And it felt so and manipulative. And it was really manipulative, right? It, it, it was. Emotionally manipulative. You, you, they were expecting you to have a moment of spiritual breakthrough and, and if you didn't you were like something was wrong with you it was it, you were made to feel something is definitely wrong with your heart yeah if you are not having if you're not feeling this which and, it's the same it's episcopalian language it is the same kind of language that i hear like you yeah. know check your heart what's going on you know there's something inside of you that needs to be dredged up and yeah so uh, yeah, I mean, I would if I were it, I, I, looking at the live stream of the of the uh, Asbury revival again, not making a judgment about whether it's good or bad. I know that if I were there personally, and I'd, I'd be I'd so been, miserable. I've been in circumstances like that. So don't say, "Well, you don't know. You haven't felt the power of it." No, I've been in I've been in circumstances exactly like that, where people come out feeling like God has moved powerfully and mightily and in a way that he's never had before, and I've felt either nothing. Um, well, I've always felt completely awkward and out of place and i can't i cannot close my eyes and sing and lift my hands i just can't do it. I, I it would cause me physical pain to do that and i just i would feel so embarrassed <laughs> so embarrassed i cannot now maybe if jesus shows up when jesus shows up i'm sure i'll i'll get down on my face and all that kind of stuff but I, but 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 i i can't i can't you could so you could no, I can't. If I, I would feel totally fake. I would, well, yeah, uh, I could do it, mm. and I would feel fake while I was doing it. Right. But if you forced me to, I, <laughs> I like, I. So I, I leave. So first of all, I feel totally awkward and embarrassed by what everyone's doing around. This me. is literally why we're Anglican. Right, and then second, we experience so much <laughs> embarrassment in our lives. And then second, it's our gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm probably not feeling anything, right? So even so, even I'm feeling something, I'm not going to make the outward expression of it. I'm not. So I feel I I I moved regularly at our at Good Shepherd. Well, even though I'm leading worship, I'm moved, but I'm not going to outwardly express that. I, I, I'm no way. No, no, I will never do that. I'll, I'll keep. I'm going to say the words of the liturgy. And I regularly cry at <laughs> yeah. church, but yeah. what I do to um, cover that up is to look really angry and then be bitingly sarcastic during coffee hours to protect As the my, Lord would have you. As <laughs> the Lord would have me. Because I do, I'm being cut open by the Holy Spirit and I just can't deal with that kind of thing on a Sunday morning. <laughs> no, I mean, I think people, we have worship that's in spirit and in truth. Like we have the marks of, of a church and... I'm fed by the preaching at our church. So I'm not needy. Right. I'm able to serve because I'm not, you know, desperately needy for Christ. Because right. <laughs> right. he's, he, he's here with <laughs> us. <laughs> but I, I, I've also been desperately needy because I wasn't getting what I right. needed. And so, um, 
I actually did. I had an. I went to Teze. Oh yeah. At a point yeah. when I was desperately needy, and that was interesting because all the young people of Europe who were not being fed by the church, there was nothing for them. They would, if they went into a Catholic church, they there was just nothing. Right. They they had a Protestant half and a Catholic half, and they just ministered to everyone, and. They would, there was a repetitive sitting. You would go sit on the floor and then. Repetitive sitting? Singing, sorry. Oh. Um, there were no chairs. So they could fit lots of people in. And you, and the, the songs were really basic and repetitive, but that's because they had every language across Europe and they would translate the songs and they were words of scripture, usually very plain, very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but beautiful, like not like. I mean, the the music was beautiful. Right, right. But you could kind of settle in. There's a meditative sort of thing about it. And then they would have, um, because of the language issues, I don't remember there being preaching, but you would go into various groups to discuss a text or be have kind of a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I came unglued. I was in a bad way. And I went to see a nun who read the Bible to me. And brought a text to bear on my life and helped me put things back together. And that was so helpful. Um, Yeah. And so they had a logistical problem of preaching because of all the different kinds of people who were there, but they figured it out. They weren't looking for a revival necessarily. Like they just wanted to have a space for people to come who were not okay. Right. And who really, who were really spiritually needy, which is a, a thing as the church fails to be the church. There are millions of spiritually right. needy people out there who need the word of yeah. Christ. So I, yeah. if Asbury is doing that, if they are able to give people who are desperate something, right. and God is ministering to people that would yeah. be amazing if they're just being made discontent for what they already have then that's very problematic right we should know that it's, it's a wesleyan thing right and and, and wesleyans do have uh, they do place a higher higher epistemic value on experience like one of the ways they say you can god reveals himself to you is through your experiences and we would we would disagree with that but I mean, well Maybe I'm saying it the wrong way. We we recognize yes, you you can experience you do, you can and do experience God, but we wouldn't place any kind of revelatory weight on that. Um, God God reveals Himself by Word and and by the Scriptures. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But we can in Wesleyan circles, you do find more focus and emphasis on experience than you might find in Anglican um, Anglican circles. Uh, now, also, uh, we should say, you know, if you if you are one of those people that love love to put your hands up and sing and clap and all kinds of stuff, don't hear us criticizing you in any way. Uh, that's totally fine if that's how God made you and you're put together. Um, and I more power to you, and and I hope you are having a, a good day. <laughs> so, so, so this is not this is not at all a critique of you. It's just how it's how it's how. Well, what I'm. Right. What I'm saying is I'm really glad that God made the Anglican church so that yeah. I can have a place to worship. This is why denominationalism is important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because we, because I, I'm sure like, you know, uh, if you are one of those, those sorts. <laughs> what? 
that we're brothers and sisters in Christ and um, and we will worship together with Jesus uh, in the in the great uh, eschaton. Um, of course, it will be Anglican worship then, and you'll find that it's going to be quite liturgical and um, and Jesus himself being an Anglican. But but if you are one of those people, just know that we recognize you as our brother or our sister. This is an unessential issue. Is that what you're and, trying to yes, say? Yes, and that, and that you can you you have our license to make fun of Anglicanism all you want. <laughs> but check in with the Archbishop of Canterbury before you do. Yeah, or you should make fun of it now because you won't be able to do that in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, well, I feel like that's they too... thought John was a Baptist, but it turns out he's... he was an Anglican. <laughs> do you? What happened? Hmm? Oh, okay. I feel like this has gone on. Yeah, long we need enough. to cut, stop because I have a dental appointment at eleven. It's nine eighteen, and that means we've got to walk. We've before, got to rush, like right now. Yeah. So, um, okay. okay, so well, thank you so much for listening, and maybe we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>